Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is a producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, we have Class 4A, G-H-S-A, basketball to break down. Yes, sir, we do. We'll jump right into 4A boys. Your top five, Miller Grove, Spencer, Baldwin, Fayette County, and Westover. Maybe I have some information others listening to the podcast aren't privy yet, but in some draft versions of the preseason rankings, there was a bit of a different order here in the top five than what we see published. Yeah, there was a a lot of different... Uh, a lot of different ideas that we had as far as where these teams would set up. And a lot of that has to do with transfers, a lot of last second transfers. Um, you're looking at Westover at number five and you're looking at Monroe at number nine. And that's where everything kind of starts and stops as far as the madness um, with Marius Ellis. Uh, Marius was supposed to be uh, at Monroe where he has been the past couple years. Then he transferred to Westover. He was ruled ineligible at Westover. We weren't sure if he was going to be cleared to play later on in the season or or whatever, but uh, he ended up leaving and is now at Lee County. So you're looking at a Monroe team and a Westover team. They're both near like that top five range. Monroe drops down once Ellis leaves Westover. When uh, Ellis was supposed to be going to Westover, you had them as high as possibly number two uh then he leaves so now you know they have bam wingfield and uh, also isaac abidi inside so it's a, a really nice guard and big man duo right there but they don't have the big three they don't have the big trio with ellis there now so Westover, you know they they drop a, a, a slot or two there and settle for number five which is still a good position for them considering um they were only about 14 and 12 last season but transfers really uh really shuffling shuffling the the rankings here preseason and with the rankings officially out now, if there's any transfers that I did miss, it's not on me, people. It's on everybody else for not reporting it. So we're going to go into war with this top 10, and we'll see how crazy it is because I know Class 4A, especially on this boy side, is going to be wide open. And let's give some airtime to the number one team. It's going to be Miller Grove, um, a team that's a seven-time state champion, so certainly they've got the pedigree and maybe some a team that transfers have not uh infected if we want to call it that a core of seniors coming back trying to lead them to their eighth this year yeah miller grove is a team a lot of seniors they had one uh player transfer out but uh they have a ton back zaire green's a really good scoring guard gives you about 15 16 points per game uh tariq boyd's a solid point guard uh jamil barber i think he's a, a versatile piece that can play a little bit of inside and out basketball for Coach Ezreal Chester, who's done a, a nice job rebuilding uh, that program. Uh, and then uh, Jamarcus Glover is a, a big, strong, bullish guy inside that can really rebound, a, a real physical presence that can move bodies. So, you know, Miller Grove, that's a, a team that has had success in the past. You just said it. Uh, obviously, a lot of those guys weren't on any of those championship rosters, but you know it's it's you're looking at a bunch of teams here you know spencer baldwin fayette county uh westover a lot of those teams it's not like they've been winning any state titles in recent memory either so um just going with miller grove to open up with i know they've been super battle tested i think they lost 96 to 94 in overtime against kell last year uh, in the state playoffs so they had one of the best teams on the rope right there so they've seen the best of the best they've competed with some of the best of the best so that's why i think miller grove is a you know 
I guess a safe pick to say that, yeah, they're number one. Now, are they going to finish number one? Not too sure, but I don't foresee Miller Grove uh, having anything less than a really nice, strong, solid year. Miller Grove dropped the classification from 5A to 4A, but our number two team, Spencer, has jumped two. They go all the way from 2A to 4A, um, maybe one of the only teams in our preseason top 10 across any classification that's moved up two classifications. you got to think the level of play is going to be a bit different, and they match up in that tough region too, Kyle. Yeah, uh, Spencer, they were scoring like over 100 points four or five times last year, scored 117 points in a game last season. Um, they overmatched everybody they played in their region uh, last year in Class 2A. They dominated that region. It was a very bad basketball region, and they punished them with their athletes and, and just their style of play. Now, Jalen Sellers, he transferred the, uh, over to, uh, I guess it was uh, Carver in Alabama, and uh, he's going to Ball State now. So he left behind a roster that was locked and loaded, ready to win a state title. Uh, but Spencer, they got some transfers to come in to kind of fill the void. And they'll be in good shape. Jalil Parker averaged over 11 points per game at Shaw. You got Jordan Daniels, a, a 6'3 player. And then Tyson McDaniel, 6'6 from Jordan. Uh, he's only a sophomore. He's got a chance to be pretty good. Can play on the wing. Uh, so Eric Allen, just with their style of play, they got Jaquez Holt coming back. Um, they have a lot of nice pieces still in place. And I think Spencer is going to be a um, a team that has a shot to make a really deep run. Now they're playing a bunch of Columbus teams. They're going to be playing a team um, that I have listed as a dark horse right now uh, at, at Hardaway. I think Hardaway has a chance to be pretty good. They were 14 and 11 last year. Aaron Pitts averaged 13 points per game. He's a nice player. He's got a couple pieces um, back with him. So Hardaway um, with coach Kendall Mills, I'll think I think they got a shot to potentially push Spencer and potentially crack into the top 10 at some point. But I still feel like uh, just looking at uh, that region and just the classification overall and the amount of seniors that Spencer does have coming back, uh, I think they are uh, another bet that's going to have a really good, really good season and have a chance to take a really deep run and have a memorable year. And so we mentioned Hardaway as a dark horse. Who are your other dark horse candidates on the boys' side of Class 4A, Kyle? Well, Hardaway is my, my top one. I'll, I'll tell you what teams just missed out on my top ten, which is essentially, if you want to call them dark horses, I guess you could. Um, Cedar Shoals, they lost in the state championship last year. Uh, now they they lose their their stalwarts that, that led them really deep last year. Um, you know, a, a great duo that went to USC Aiken. They're no longer there. Uh, but they had two small little guards, two juniors, Kashik Brown and Jadavian Colbert. Both those guys really stepped up in their postseason run last year. And Kashik Brown had some really strong summer ball tournaments over uh, the offseason, putting the ball in the basket. So he's he's going to score a lot of points. But both those guys are both like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, um, it'll be interesting to see if they can really lead that team. I know Coach Treco Thomas always is – you know, always has his team prepared to play, always wins a lot of games. Uh, he always does a great job. Cedar Schultz is always going to be exceptionally well coached, and they're going to compete at a very, very high level. Uh, so they'll, they'll, be, they'll be a good squad. Um, top 10 worthy, it's just going to take some time to see if they could all gel together to get in there. But I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow uh, find a way in there. But that, that Region 8 is going to be um, pretty tough considering you got Jefferson, who lost in the state championship in 3A to pace academy last year that was a team that i had in the top 10 but now i'm hearing that malachi starks who's like a four or five star athlete on the football field 
um, he might not be playing basketball this year. And if he's not playing basketball this year, yeah, I mean, you're already losing Jacob Radiker who went to Navy. Uh, you're losing a lot uh, of firepower and then the Parker twins as well. So there's just not enough back right now. If Starks isn't there, Cameron Robinson is a really good quick guard. And then Spencer Darby can shoot the lights out, uh, but just not enough right now to open up in the top 10. And then my last team, another one in region eight, uh, North Oconee, two really good guards, Dylan Garrington, Jay Saxon, and then Coach Rick Rasmussen on the sidelines. That's a team that really started to play better basketball as the season went on. Finished only 12-17, and 17, um, but I believe they I made it to the Sweet 16 before they fell um, to Upson Lee in uh, the state playoffs. So that's a team with experienced guard play. I think North Oconee has a shot to uh, surprise some people this year. And our final question here for the boys' side, we usually ask what the hardest region is, but we've touched on that a couple times throughout this podcast so far. So I want to switch it up, Kyle. Which uh, team may be in the top ten, maybe not, but which team um, will have the easiest path to a region championship this year? Ooh, that's a good question. Just looking at it right now, easiest path, easiest path um, out of the teams that we have ranked, um, I would think. I think on paper, it looks like Fayette County might have the easiest path. Um, that is Region 5, um, considering Fayette County, they were just 16-11 last year, but Caleb Banks transfers in, averaged over 20.7 rebounds per game, a 6-7 wing uh, who has Division One interests and offers. Uh, that's He's going to be a, a real game changer. And then R.J. Kennedy moves in from Oklahoma, who can really help out the backcourt as well. And just looking at the other teams in that region, Hampton was three and twenty-three. Luella ten and fifteen. They were young last year, but um, they have their top three back and Corey Mincy, a good young sophomore guard. So Luella might be improved. Uh, McDonough was seventeen and thirteen last season, but they lose their top six players. Uh, Mount Zion was three and twenty-one. North Clayton. Uh, was 18 and 10 they get hit hard um, by graduation and then they also saw Destin Logan transfer in the offseason so that's going to really hurt them and then Riverdale uh, you're looking at a team that finished 10 and 11 so uh, on paper just looking at what's coming back and records from last season and the amount of talent that Fayette County has they look like a pretty good uh, pretty good preseason pick to run the table in region five and win that region. And let's swing it over to the girls' side of Class 4A. Kyle, opening up at number one, Troop County. They improved from 17-9 to 2 last year. Unfortunately, the one of those two losses came in the state championship. But they return a lot of pieces, and that's a recurring theme we'll see here in these rankings. Yes, so Troop County, they, they get the number one spot. Um, they lose uh, one key piece. Um, but and, and Amber Gilbert, who was, uh, I believe she actually was their leading scorer, um, but Troop County, uh, with the upside of Anaya Palmer, who really came on strong last year, and I think she's she's in line for a big, big, big junior season. Uh, six foot wing, average twelve points, eight rebounds, three blocks per game. She's got some um, SEC interest and some high major interest, so she's she's a real deal. And then another year of Alexia Murphy, who was a a real double double. Um, you know, machine. She averaged close to 10 points and eight rebounds per game. Just a tenacious player. Great nose for the ball. And for Troop County, you know, they have the great front court, but uh, back court is where they are going to need to get some big minutes and some big production and take them to the next level. And they have some key players coming back. Samaria Weldon, Manaya Murphy, 
Uh, but they do have a freshman there, Angie Dodell, who I hear is uh, supposed to be pretty good. She could see some big minutes early on. Um, but Troop County, the number one seed, uh, it's going to be pretty pretty nip and tuck, I think. Jefferson coming in at number two. This is a team that was great last year, 25-5. and five, Lost by three points to GAC and the Elite Eight. But they have pretty much everybody except one player coming back. North Georgia commit Libby Blackstock's back. Deshauna Gaither's back. And the big addition, who's finally back healthy from an ACL surgery, 5'10", Natalia Bolden, back for her junior season. She's going to really make an impact. And then they have Courtney Kidd, who really stepped up last year. So um, Greg Brown, his team is locked and loaded. They have everybody back. This is Jefferson's year to win a state title. Um, Open up at number two, but Jefferson versus Troop County, it could potentially be a matchup we see late into the the state tournament. I'll have to check on the the brackets to see – uh, where they match up, but that would be a really fun matchup. Just seeing, you know, a team like Troop going up against a Jefferson team, uh, I could really see that being a fun matchup. But you know, you got Carver Columbus there at number three looming, and then below them you got McDonough, Arabia Mountain, Luella. It gets uh, you know pretty competitive down below. But Troop Jefferson, and then maybe even Carver. That looks like a really strong top three to open up the season. And Kyle, before we get to anything uh, low, we have a lot to talk about in these rankings, but do you anticipate the top three staying relatively stable, at least through the first part of the season, let's say through the new year? Um, I, It looks like it. I think, you know, troops in that region with Carver Columbus, so they're going to be seeing each other a lot. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if Carver could clip them last year. I mean, troop. Ended Carver's season last year in the Final Four, 56-47. Olivia Cochran has since graduated. She's at Louisville now. Now Coach Hundley does have six foot three and Sean Jones and six foot two Kamaya Edmonds inside two twin towers. Um, but they were they they did well in the first half, but then Troop County really kind of you know neutralized them in the second half, and a lot of that was Anaya Palmer who almost had a triple double that game. She was so good. So. You know, will the top three stay like that? I, I think so, at least early on in the season. You know, I know Jefferson's known for always challenging themselves in the non-region slate, so they might see some bigger teams. They might take a loss here or there, but be better for it. And I'm sure Troop County and Carver are, are both going to do the same. But um, at least on paper, that top three does look like it's going to be fairly stable. And then McDonough coming in at number four. You know, if one of those top three slip up, I think McDonough, if they if they perform well out of the gates uh, with a new head coach in place, um, I think they might be able to get into the top three. But Troop, Jefferson, and Carver, uh, I think that's a pretty solid core right now. Uh, and, I, you know, like I said, there, there's going to be openings for it because they're all going to be playing some really tough teams in the non-region slate. And in the bottom few of the Class 4A girls' rankings, we have number 7, Jordan Hills, who got off to a really hot start last year, started off 7-1, and one, climbed to number 4 in our rankings before um, ending the season 14-15. and 15. Spalding put together a 23-5 record before losing to America Sumter in the Elite 8. Flowery Branch, they're looking to rebound from a down year for them, even though they finished 16-12, and 12, well above 500. Um, it's a program used to winning 20 games. And then Madison County now, we have uh, two-time reigning Miss Sandy's Spiel, Kayla McPherson there, who is always, maybe in and of herself, uh, warrants Madison County being ranked. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, you mentioned a couple of those schools right there. Uh, I think the toughest region in uh, Class 4A this year is going to be Region 8. You know, you you got you got Jefferson, who we said opens up at number two. Um, you're looking at a team like Madison County opens up at number ten with Kayla McPherson, who averaged over 36 points per game, seven rebounds, seven to six, six steals. Um, she's going to North Carolina. You got Flowery Branch in there at number nine um, with Ashley Locke, six three, going to Mercer, and I, I, I now experience backcourt coming back. Um, so you're, you're looking at those teams right there, and then even outside of that, even outside of those three teams that are ranked, you got Chesity, who was 15 and 13, graduated just two players. Um, Emma Easterwood's going to Emmanuel, so she's a really good guard. Uh, you got Cedar Shoals. They were 14 and 14 last year in Class 5A, but they are supposed to have their entire roster coming back, and plus they dropped down a classification, so that could potentially benefit Cedar Shoals and push them into the discussion as you know being a state playoff team. And then East Hall, nine and 16 last year, dealt with some injuries, but that's usually a very competitive program. And then North Oconee, again, same thing. Uh, Coach Willis always has that team very very tough they always have very good guard play um so i'm looking at region eight being a really really good region and they could see a couple teams in the state rankings all throughout the season uh, and you know considering they already have three in there right now to open up the year i think that's going to be a tough tough region to win we just talked about the bottom of the rankings who is uh, nipping on the heels at of number 10 and just uh was close to making the cut here yeah, so I, I have a few teams. Uh, I'm looking at teams like Cairo and Kendrick. Cairo, 15 and nine last year in Region One, which you know Region One, it's not typically you know at least looking at it right now, it's not a, a great region on paper. Uh, but they have their top seven players coming back. Uh, Ambria Vix uh, leads away. She's you know one of their their best players, and, and then you have Kendrick who was, you know, they're right there with Troop and Carver in Region 2, so we'll know a lot about Kendrick very soon in, you know, very short order. They were 17-12 and 12 a season ago. They have everybody coming back. Mercedes Sistrunk is their best player. So those two teams are, are, are right there on the precipice. And then behind them, two more teams I'll give you that I thought were at least in the discussion. Baldwin at 19-9. and nine. We know Baldwin's always very, very good. Um, they lose their number two and number three scores, um, but they do have some talent coming back in Tamia Smith, who is a junior that averaged close to 13 points and six rebounds a game. Uh, so that's a team that's good. And then Rutland, 19 and seven a year ago. Um, they're in that region four. Um, I think when you're comparing them to Baldwin, Cairo, and Kendrick, I think they are the fourth best team out of that. Um, but they do have Kayla Shines, a big post presence that averaged almost a double-double at 13 points and nine rebounds per game, and she has some help coming back too. So those are four teams, Cairo, Kendrick, Baldwin, and Rutland. I think those are teams that will be nipping at the top ten all season long. And we do need a dark horse in Class 4A, Kyle. Oh, goodness. I'd probably just name four of them right there, but if I had to pick um, out of that bunch right there, uh, I, I think uh, I think Kendrick is a team just because they're going to be seeing that great competition all throughout the season. I think they'll be ready 
to do some do some damage if they're able to uh, get into the state tournament, which I think is which is very doable. And then I'll give you one more, just you know, off the top of the head, a, a team that could be considered a a dark horse. Uh, Northwest Whitfield, they always win a lot of games. They're in Region 7. They were 22-8 and eight a year ago. Mackenzie Bruckner's back, a really good three-point shooter. They average over 10 points per game. So if you want to consider them a dark horse, even though they win over 20 games every single year, uh, Northwest Whitfield's always a team that you you got to go in, especially in state tournament time. you got to go in their focus, especially if you're playing them and you're on the road. You know, Tunnel Hill can be a tough place to play sometimes. You have to come in there with a good game plan and make sure you execute it. And that will be a wrap for analysis of Class 4A basketball in the GHSA. We look forward to basketball activities uh, by this time having already started. Practices and games will be starting up in short order. And we look forward to um, getting back in the gyms as much as we can, as much as we are allowed to, and seeing some good basketball as the state of Georgia knows how to provide all too well. Um, If you're looking for Class 7A through 5A analysis that has been released in previous installations of this podcast, and Class 3A to Single A will be released in the coming days. As always, we appreciate you listening. You can subscribe to Sandy Spiel for more analysis at SandySpiel.com. You can find us on Twitter at KyleSandy355 and at Sandy Spiel. For a fleeting moment, until the next podcast, on behalf of Kyle, this is Ramin signing off.